We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Hello and welcome into Mizzou That's Who, a Missouri sports podcast here on Kansas City Sports Network. I am your one of your wonderful co-hosts, Tucker Franklin, here with Gabe Diarman and Maggie Johnson. We are here to do one of two things. We're going to recap the Louisiana Tech game, season opening victory, 52-24 to 24 win for the good guys. And we're also going to preview the Kansas State game that is going to be happening on Saturday. I'll be in the Little Apple for it. The Missouri Tigers will travel to Manhattan, you might have to correct me on this, Gabe. It's been like since like 2011, right? This is the first time since 2011 they've been to Manhattan. Somewhere around there, I read it earlier. That would make sense. I mean, I don't think they played K State yeah. since they went to the SEC. They didn't play very well in that game in that 2011 game. I think they lost it. Um, that was a Colin Klein game. I feel like I read something about um, it earlier today. Okay. Yeah, we had beat them five years in a row, and then they beat us in the one right before we left for the SEC. So that's right. Um, one of the one of the members of the Three Mall podcast that's also on the KC Sports Network on the Kansas State side, he said uh, he deviated the for the Manhattan Mercury. He had the hammerhead. S-E-C you later. Real original, Cole. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, but I'm excited for this game to come back. Uh, before we really dive into that game, I guess uh, we should talk about uh, pay some bills here. Thanks to uh, Charlie Hustle. Uh, they've got uh, outfitting us on today's podcast. All three of us are wearing three different designs. That's good. That's good. Good play by us. It, it would be weird if we were the if we are <laughs> we're all wearing the same one. I, think. I agree. I agree. Um, three different designs for us here. Um, we, we definitely could. Um, <laughs> they got new designs coming out on the twenty third too. So make sure that you are signed up for that. Um, but before we really get too deep into this podcast, uh, another big bill we got to pay is for DraftKings and listen. I've I've heard your comments, okay? I know that you're saying a Kansas read on a Missouri podcast. I get it. But if if you are living in enemy territory like I know so many of, you know, Missouri fans are, the wait is over. And DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app is officially live in the state of Kansas just in time for football season. That means betting legally on same-game parlays, spreads, money lines and more anytime and anywhere across the Sunflower State. To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. 
Thursday night is almost here. The NFL is almost here. Want more action on opening night kickoff? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven and you win. Bet on any pro football team of your choice. And if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. That's a bargain right there. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. Must be 21 years or older, physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash Kansas on behalf of Boot Hill Resort and Casino. <sighs> Nailed it. Long one. Deep breath. That's a long one. How does uh, that work when you go over, when you like bet, can you just be in Kansas? Like, can you, you just go can, over to Kansas? I can tell you exactly how it works because you just drive right over the river. Sometimes they <laughs> take a little bit to check your location. Sometimes I've had to, I've had to wait 30 minutes um, and then they'll like geo check your location again because I logged into Missouri last time. And they're like, hey, what are you doing here? Which, fair enough. Um <laughs> But then I've, I would go over there. I placed my weekend's worth of bets. Uh, shout out to Florida State, plus 135 on the money line last night. That missed field goal might have been the worst moment of that kid's career, but the best moment of my college football weekend. So uh, shout out to that. That's exactly how it works. You can literally just drive into Kansas and place your bets. So here's the plan this Saturday. for Because there's a decent number of Missouri fans going over there, right? A so lot. A lot. give it eight or nine miles. You pull over, pull off, get some... <laughs> Adult refreshments at about 8.30 in the morning on the Turner Diagonal. Uh, log into DraftKings. You can, whatever it costs on your trip, you're just going to win it all back, right? Just just mm-hmm. bet on. I'm not saying who you should bet on. Just be right. And and then it's going to be a free trip. Yep. Uh, before we get into kind of the lines, I've got the line right here in front of me. It's moved already since it opened. Um, I believe at DraftKings, they had it at seven and a half when it's opened. It's at eight and a half now, kind of a spoiler alert. Um, they moved it up to eight and a half. Um, I've seen some places open at nine and a half and bring it down to eight and a half. They were kind of the opposite. So uh, I want to talk about this Louisiana Tech game. Uh, there was a lot of good things that we t- that we can take from this game. There's also a little bit of a grain of salt that you have to take from this game. Louisiana Tech... Not an SEC team. I will say that. They are not an SEC team. You can't really take a whole lot from them. Uh, so I want to start. Uh, Maggie, what were your overall thoughts of the game? You were at the stadium, so kind of like, what was the vibe? What was it like at, at Faroe Field? So I'd like, I do want to give my props because every year I am a hater on the student section. And I hate to say that. I don't want to be. But I'm always like, why are you not at this game? It is whatever time on a Saturday. Like, what are you doing? Student section looked great. Like when I was there first beginning of the game, it, obviously it dropped off a little bit when at halftime, which I think it does at almost every power five stadium when they're, you know, playing a smaller conference foe. But super impressed with the student section, super impressed with the hill. I thought the hill looked great, to be honest with you. My only kind of like weird issue was so obviously they moved, they moved the uh, away guests to the corner which thank goodness because it was embarrassing the past few years when we've had them right behind um like right where the tv hits i'm like why do are we seeing texas a&m this is ridiculous but i'm not sure if those are like giveaway tickets or family tickets but they need to find a way to still fill that in because 
those are primetime seats and you're still seeing that on TV. So it looks like there's fewer people than maybe there were some those seats, but I thought music was great. Um, shout out to uh, the third down music. Timmy Trumpets. Timmy Trumpets. Mm-hmm. Everyone was having a great time. I mean, I was even getting into it and I don't typically even listen to that. So that was great. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought the, the athletic department tried to do some things that didn't work. Uh, the light show, which I'm sorry, I was promoting that on my page because I was kind of asked to. And I don't know what happened to it. I think they tried to, tried to do it on the phones, but it was 7 p.m. and it was light outside and they didn't make an announcement. So I don't know what was going on. I didn't have any details. But um, other than that, I think it was better than it has been in the past. Well, from the TV's perspective, I watched it, um, you know, this, it's a Thursday in the middle of the week, which I think is always kind of fun, especially from a viewing perspective, especially in the first week of the season. We talked about kind of the Labor Day uh, implications of it as well with getting people in the stands and, and keeping students on campus kind of uh, for I thought, uh, Gabe, you tweeted out the quote from uh, Coach Drink about you skip class on Friday. It's an early deficit. You can make it up. I thought that was, I, uh, that was very funny. I really thought it like – I thought Mizzou should have canceled class. I mean, I wouldn't have gone. When I was a student, I wouldn't have gone on Friday. You know, give them a five-day weekend. But now don't tell them in advance no class on Friday because then a lot of them will go home on Thursday afternoon, Mm -hmm. right? But, but like, Thursday night at halftime, it would have been cool to put something on the scoreboard. Yo, if Mizzou wins, no class tomorrow or something like that, right? I mean, look, they didn't go anyway. It's syllabus day. I mean, you know – class is overrated in college you don't have to go to most of them they you just show up at the important ones you're fine um, all right show for yeah. tests show for yeah. game days yeah that's all you have to do exactly <laughs> maybe exactly. don't let your kids, i mean maybe, i'm don't let your kids listen to this podcast i mean they, i mean they whatever like <laughs> one of them's out of college the one that's still in college goes to a place where i would not recommend that he st- skips class because like he goes to a smart school. That wasn't really my thing. I wanted to go to football <laughs> games and be in a fraternity and do that right. kind of college experience. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I think we let's talk about what happened on the field. Uh, I think the biggest takeaway I had was Luther Burden is really good. Like, he's he's that dude. He was clearly the best football player on the field. He's clearly an SEC receiver. Um, and, and I think. Uh, putting Luther Burden in the Wildcat was one of the things that I thought found very interesting for me that drink what's in company. I, I kind of like what they can do kind of with Dom Lovett and the jet sweep motion, the option there. It's fun. What did you think about it, uh, Gabe? Well, I want to say, and come back to this later, I would disagree. He was the best player on the field. Oh. I think he was the second best player on the field on Thursday night. And we'll, we'll get to that. I assume later, but it took in, <laughs> I really did. look. We spent an entire podcast saying, "Settle down, don't get, don't get over the top." It took seven yards for him to convince me. All right, go get over the top uh, yeah. because yeah. he. I screenshotted it and and tweeted it out uh, late Thursday night or early Friday morning. I mean, when he catches that ball at the seven, he's got one guy draped on him. He's got two other guys in front of him and another guy closing from the the end zone. There is zero chance he should score on that play. Uh, you know, it, it reminded me of a lot of the screenshots I see uh, of Chiefs games with like 17 dudes standing in front of Patrick Mahomes and they're like, this was a 27 yard completion, yeah. you know. Um, I, so the numbers weren't eye popping. And a couple of times I kind of thought 
am I making too much of this? But I mean, he just doesn't get tackled. You know, because what you always wonder is what he did in high school. Does that translate to the college level? And the first time he touched the ball was on, he was in the wildcat, right? I think Mm -hmm. he, he, and it wasn't a real complex play. He just kind of started running toward the left tackle. And there was a guy that had the angle on him. And it was clear, like, he's just going to try to be faster than this guy to the sideline. And you never really know if that's going to work. Now, is that going to work against Georgia or even Florida or Tennessee? Maybe not. But it worked against Louisiana Tech. I mean, he was clearly just athletically better than anybody they had. And it's not just it's it's not the sheer speed with him. It's more just the elusiveness, the shiftiness. He doesn't get tackled very much. And and I mean, I, I'm not a great expert, but I feel like that's a good attribute. If you're playing offense, not getting tackled is is a good option on most plays. Yeah, I think you said four players. There may have even been five tackles. That he, I mean, yeah, it was incredible. Nuts. When he lined up and I, I looked at my friend and I'm like, look where Burden is. I'm like, he's about to get the ball and he's about to score. And then whatever he gets the ball and he goes over there I'm like crap and then all of a sudden it's like boom tackle break tackle and everyone's just freaking out and it was I mean fro lit up it was it was a great moment yeah I think that what's really another thing that kind of came out of that is okay do they now have to put Luther Burden in the Wildcat to get him the ball is that what that what kind of has to happen we we did joke at one point in the press box and like People have to understand, we try to entertain ourselves. Like, it's a very sarcastic place during games, right? But we were like, yo, Luther Burden's already third on the depth chart. Like, he just passed Tyler Macon and Sam Horn already. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, no, it's, I mean, it's smart. You can't do it, obviously, every play. But your best players get the ball in their hands. And that's one of the things. I see a lot of these, quit throwing these screen passes. Well, first of all, it's a way to get the ball in the hands of Lovett and Burden, who are your best. Just get it to them and let them do whatever they do. Mm-hmm. Also, they set other things up off of that. You're going to see plays in three weeks that are set up based on people thinking they're going to throw that screen pass. And I will be stunned if at some point this year, Luther Burden does not throw a pass Ooh. out of the Wildcat. That'd be good. A little Luther Burden to Dom Lovett connection. That well, was, yeah, because at some point you can't just run every time you're back. Right? You can do it the first 24 yeah. times, and then people are going to be convinced you're going to do it the 25th time, and all he has to do is kind of raise up and throw that little pop pass over the middle, and it might be wide open. So I kind of do want to talk about that quarterback situation because I've had a lot of people uh, tweet at me, message me, saying uh oh brady cook isn't that it? oh brady cook's not the answer here they, they, he's not the guy and i'm just like let's let's calm down for a second right it was one game the first half wasn't and very was wasn't pretty he was he was fine i think he calmed down as the game went on there was a couple things that i think that really once he started to run the ball a little bit more i think he settled in um and his athleticism i think is going to be one of the big things about this so that's something that you know uh, Bazelak couldn't do. Bazelak couldn't do what what uh what Brady Cook can do with his feet, and I think that that's something that Mizzou fans just uh Maddie Land of the KC Laboratory is very big on telling me that he's he's cooked. Brady Cook is cooked is what he keeps saying to me. I've said let's let's give it some time. Is that is that a negative thing? Yeah, that's not that's okay. that's negative. Okay. Cooking is good. Cooked okay. is bad. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So I mean, I think after he settled in after that first quarter, he looked fine. Like he looked like a quarterback. I mean, he's not going to win the Heisman Trophy probably for us. But, Safe I mean, he, 
Dial up DraftKings. See what odds I can get on. <laughs> yeah. But he's going to be the guy that gets the ball, hopefully, into the hands of the players that are going to make the plays. That's all we really need him to be. We need him to be a reliable. We need him to be a leader. I'm assuming that players on the team like him. He seems very likable <laughs> to me. So that's just who we need him to be. We don't need him to be a Bryce, a Bryce Young, you know? Yeah. Right. You're not asking him. You're If you're Billy Napier, Anthony Richardson is good. You're asking him to go win you games, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, you have to be the reason we win games. Um, that's, that's not what they're going to ask of Brady Cook. I mean, obviously he's the quarterback. He's going to be a part of it. But my point is they're, they're not going to say, you know, we need you to throw 58 passes and complete 45 of them and throw for right. 400. That's not it. Uh, I mean, that's, that is not how this team's going to get to seven wins or wherever they want to get. Um, like you don't want to slap game manager on a kid after two games. Right. right. But early on, I think that's what they'll ask of him. Right. Hand the ball off, complete short passes. Every now and then we're going to catch him sleeping and we're going to try to go deep. And now he did, he underthrew Luther on what yeah. should have been a touchdown. And like before the snap, I looked down and I said, Oh, they got single coverage on burden. I know where this is going. And that's where it went. And burden beat his guy. And he admits he underthrew it. Now it still kind of looked to me like Luther maybe could have caught it, but it was underthrown. Um, had another one that drew a pass interference penalty. It doesn't count, but like it gets you 15 yards in a first down it, that works, you know, eventually he'll have to hit some of those, but it, like you said, it's, it's the first game. I, they won 52 to 24. I, I can't really see coming out of that game. And like the first things on my list are, here's what I need to bitch about. I right. mean, they won 52 to 24 in a game. They were favored by 19 and that I'm pretty sure we all picked them to not cover. I know I did. I think uh, I had him. Tucker, like Tucker did. Oh yeah. oh yeah, Tucker had him like ninety-seven to six. But yeah, yeah, it was something stupid. Yeah, because yeah. I said Louisiana Tech wasn't a good football but team, also, which was true. But, and you were right. But also, yeah. we look at it as yes, the score was fifty-two to twenty-four, barely. Like should have been fifty-two seventeen. Not even that. Should have probably been closer to sixty-five. To you know what Two I mean? Turnovers I mean, inside the fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, we gave up plenty of opportunities. Um, we had the the um, pass interference call on the pick, on Charleston's mm-hmm. second that was, pick. That was a good call, by the way. It yeah. was. It was. Yeah. It was. I just went and rewatched it. I met. I was trying to rewatch it over the 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 other day because I told Tucker I was going to rewatch it, and I rewatched it earlier. And yeah, it was the right call. So it was a bummer, but I mean, things like that. That's just, you know, there. It, it could have been a better score than even what it was, and it was a fine score. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. They have plenty to clean up. I know that's that's for. I think that was one of my impressions that I tweeted out. You know, after the game, I said, "Hey, plenty to clean up before you go play a really good Kansas State team." Um, and I think that that's kind of going to be the focus. But I want to talk about something that is that was I was impressed with was the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think they allowed eight net yet rushing yards or something like that, mm-hmm. which is a very big difference from 237 a year ago <laughs> against Central uh, Michigan. So that's good, and they've got some absolute dudes on the defensive line. And Gabe, this is where I kind of think that you're starting to say uh, best player on the field. Uh, is it going to come in from this group right here? Well, I mean, take your guess, but I thought, I thought it was obvious. It's Tyron Hopper and it's, it's not Tyron even, Hopper. it's not even close. Yeah. It, it, it is. Um, he was freaking everywhere. <laughs> I mean, 
just I and I like it because I thought the same thing about Nick Bolton. I think linebackers should have that long hair because mm. it just makes it so much more dramatic. Like they, they <laughs> you're like, oh my god, he's over there, then he's over there, and I mean, it just makes him seem more effective to me. So mm. I, I, but I mean, he was all over the place. Uh, the pick that he had, I mean, he absolutely baited and. I don't even remember the Louisiana Tech quarterbacks' names. They're not worth remembering. But, um, you know, he dropped back straight into coverage. And, I mean, it, it was really good defense. And you're right. Like, one game. Louisiana Tech's a bad football team, guys. Like, they're worse than I thought they were. And even the run defense, by the way, Missouri's number one in the country in rushing defense. Love and in yards per – I think it's .36 yards per carry. the turntables. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tweet it out really soon. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they – I mean, they looked better than I thought they were going to look. I mean, they had to, uh, Christian Williams was all over the place. You know, DJ Coleman, the third defensive end I saw today on PFF, he had a, a pass rush win rate of like 23%, which is really good. Um, Joseph Charleston had a pick six. Chris Abrams drain made some plays. Drayden Norwood, who, by the way, I, I think starts this week at Kansas state, maybe, uh, at the other corner. So they just, after last year, even though it's Louisiana Tech, even though it's week one, they needed that. Because yep. how many times last year could we have said, well, it's only Central Michigan. Well, it's only SEMO. Oh, yeah, they ran for 280 yards. Never mind. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I thought everybody on the defense looked pretty well. Honestly, I mean, we had a couple slip-ups. Um, yeah, two sure huge. Was this, pretty sure it was the same player both times right Jalen Carlis was involved in at least one of those uh, okay, Jelani okay. was the guy that maybe <laughs> looked bad but Carlis definitely bit on a play fake on one of them but I mean that made the score look a lot you know worse also than it probably was you know you make that's hopefully first game things and not a talent issue thing yep. fingers crossed <laughs> yeah what, what I think about that that First big play, I think, was right after Luther Burden's touchdown when he broke like 1,700 mm -hmm. tackles or something like that. So I think I tweeted out something like, I'm choosing to ignore that because of what Luther <laughs> Burden just did. And I think that the defense basically did the same thing. They chose to, chose to ignore that they were on the field because like, oh, that Luther Burden guy, did you see that? That was kind of cool. So we've <laughs> negated two touchdowns now. Right. So, like, so <laughs> at this point, I think the we're score was 76 to, to negative five. Exactly. Well done, Missouri. Yeah. Another another bright spot that I really liked was and coming to this game. I think it was a question mark was about the running back position. You look at the running back position now with what we've seen from one game, granted one game against Louisiana Tech. I feel like I have to qualify everything I say in this podcast by saying that um, those three running backs look good uh, between Schrader, Young, and um, Pete? Say Pete. Nate Pete. There we go. So who's Missouri's best running back? Nate Pete, I think. <sighs> I agree. I, I don't uh, think it's close. I think Elijah Lung can can be close, um, but I I do think it's. I, I mean, right now. look, it's yeah. time to admit. I don't know why, but that kid's not going to play very much. He had three carries for thirty four yeah. yards. I mean, and one of them looked really good. I said at halftime, I said I think he's, I, and I got yelled at for it. Like I said, I think he's Missouri's best running back. And then after the game, I said. Yo, Nate Pete needs to start next week. And people are like, well, you just said at halftime. I'm like, yeah, but then I watched the second half and that changed yeah. my mind. <laughs> like you're allowed to do that. You know, I mean, I, I think Nate Pete was on a pitch count in week one, but I said Schrader had 17 carries and Pete had eight. That has to flip this week at Kansas right. State. It has to, if you're going to win this game. I mean, 
and Nate Pete has to be the guy that that gets more of the and it's nothing against Schrader. I just I think Schrader's a guy who can get you six, but I'm not sure he can get you sixty. I think mm-hmm. Nate Pete can get you sixty sometimes. Yeah, Nate Pete definitely looked more of like a tackle breaking running back as and opposed to he's yeah, fast. he's very fast. I think Schrader needed more room which I'm sure we're going to get to that here in a little bit with the offensive line. But I think that Pete has more of an ability to make plays as opposed to Schrader, who maybe just isn't there yet. Yeah. I I love Schrader as a third down back. He seems to pass block pretty well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Short yardage, maybe. I mean, not that Thursday showed that, but I don't really think that was his fault, you know, so. I think he's a very stereotypical right running back is what I think of, <laughs> of Schrader. He reminded me from... a lot of Rex Burkhead, maybe Mike yeah. Allstott. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really did like Nate Pete. Just his ability to put his foot in the ground and as in the words of Dave Steckel, quicker than a hiccup. Um, he said that he said that like seven times in the broadcast. Um, people were like saying, take a drink every time he says it, you'd be gone. Um, by the time that, that broadcast got done, but he, the way, ability of him to put his foot in the ground and, break away from people I was very impressed by because I think I remember only seeing that one time when he was at Stanford and that was like his 70 some yard touchdown against USC or something like that that's like oh like this this is a dude but like getting to see it like firsthand and actually watching a full game of him playing you're like okay this dude this dude is a little different than than what uh, Mizzou's had at running back um that's not fair to say. Tyler Rady. No, I, yeah, I was going to say. They've been I said that, and I was like, that's back. not right. That's not right. Um, they've been pretty good. Well, we thought they had a running the back. One they had. Maybe thought. That's yeah. sure. what I thought they had a running back. I said that, and I was immediately backtracked. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not true. Just added that. Yeah, so uh, yeah, edit that out. I'll, I'll make a note <laughs> of it. Um, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I think we do need to talk about the offensive line. Um, it wasn't great. wasn't particularly good i would say either in any department in terms of pass blocking or run blocking um 
and that's going to have to improve if the if the uh, the Missouri Tigers want to win next week against the Kansas State. When you Hawkins. look and see a team ran for 320 yards, I think your instant thought is, well, the offensive line must have just been dominant. But then when the head coach says after the game, yeah, I thought Nate and Cody did a lot of things on their own. Like that's not a huge endorsement of how he thinks the offensive line played. And it, it, it's not fair to judge a whole game on two plays. But when you're in third and one or two against a, I don't know, did you say Louisiana Texas in the CUSA? I would have guessed say, yep. They are. Okay. Yep. okay, so when you're in that situation against a bad CUSA team, you can't get shoved back into the backfield twice. Right. And I mean, there I don't care. They could have had anyone short of Barry Sanders at running back wasn't getting a first down on those plays. There was nowhere to go. Uh, now, Barry Sanders would have gotten the first down, but everybody else, Luther Burton maybe would have, but <laughs> nobody else. Comparing yeah, this to Barry already. Not getting, even on those fourth and ones that we went that we went for, that was just kind of unacceptable, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it took things out of the crowd. Uh, it, I think that's a reason a lot of people are even asking certain questions about play calling ability, which I'm not even going to go there because should have called the touchdown play more. I felt like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I don't know. I just, the offensive line, it was, it was hard to watch and you didn't even have to rewatch it. And you know, I told you guys, and everyone knows I like to watch games at home because I like to be able to rewind and be like, okay, what just happened? You could even tell in person without replays (laughs) that it wasn't good. So that's but I, that's an issue. I think at least it, like I think he goes for that fourth and one, maybe to find out if he can go for that fourth and one this week. Mm. And maybe he knows now if I'm at midfield and I'm in fourth and one, either I gotta come up with something a little tricky or I might have to punt when I don't want to punt, you know, because yeah. it didn't work last week. And and you can get away with giving up a possession against Louisiana Tech. You probably can't get away with it this week. That's true. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was really interesting, especially in the first drive, too. They lined up to go for it, but then did they take the delay game? I think what ended up happening yeah, in that they, first drive. Because they were on like their own 40 or something like that. And I, I, I was even thinking, I was like, he's not really going to, like, I'm a big fan of being aggressive, but I was like, mm-hmm. he's not going to do this, is he? He did not. He didn't. And the defense played well the first possession. So I was like, hey, you know what? Let's do it. Let's roll the dice, coach. Let's go for it. Let's let's let the defense if you get put in a bad spot, the defense will get you out of it. Um, let the defense score touchdowns, as I think was what they were really trying to do. But um, yeah, no, I think that's that's gonna be a big issue that I that I look for this week because KC's got some dudes on the D line. Um, mm-hmm. and the game wrecker, especially in uh, King Felix is what they like to call him in Manhattan. I'm just gonna call him Felix, um, just because I don't want to give him the king respect right now. Um, that might just, that might be different on next week's podcast. I was about to say that might be call that him might what be, he tells you to call him. That might be different next week. Uh, I think he was voted Big Twelve preseason player of the year, defensive player of yep. the year. So um, he is a dude. We'll be watching that. Uh, Mizzou comes to this game eight and a half point dogs, as mentioned earlier. A money line plus two sixty. If you want to kind of sprinkle on that, get yourself some money if you feel confident about this game. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm staying far away from this game as possible. I am not. I would not put any money down on this game. Maybe on the under at 54 and a half. Um, that is, which is valued by uh, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook as the favored. Uh, but yeah, I don't. 
Gabe, we were talking before the podcast started. I have gone back and forth about how to feel about this game between watching Mizzou at sometimes and thinking, yeah, Luke, they could they could they could win this game, and then all of a sudden watching some stuff from from Kansas State, see them struggle on special teams, see them run a very vanilla offense against South Dakota. It's probably planned, obviously, and thinking, hey, they only scored thirty four points against South Dakota. Maybe you know, maybe maybe they can win this game. And then going back to like, no, nothing's nothing's fine. I mean, I think they can win. It, it would not be the biggest upset of Saturday if Missouri wins this game, right? They, right. they definitely can, but. I didn't see anything in week one out of either team that tells me whatever I thought of this game two weeks ago, I should think differently of it now. And, and it's because of what you were talking about earlier. I, Louisiana Tech, that can't be educational. They were worse than I thought they were. And so, look, maybe we do find out that, hey, this Missouri defense really is way better. And, you know, they have these pieces and maybe Missouri is a much better team. I just have to see it against somebody I mean, if they go out and, you know, beat Kansas State by four touchdowns, I'm on board. This is a good team. They're going to win more than six games, no question. Um, but I just didn't see anything that makes me know for sure that I should change my mind on what I thought that, about this game coming in. Yeah. Not great. That's it, I'm, huh? We're good. You know, with, yeah, I still, I still watch, obviously, a little bit of the K-State game. And I turned it off because, um, honestly, it was boring. But, I mean, they gave the ball to Deuce and the running backs, and that's what they did, and that's what they're going to do against us. Like, it's not probably rocket rocket science here. Um, Deuce Ball's going to – or Deuce Vaughn's going to touch the ball more than anyone else is going to touch the ball. I mean, Adrian yeah. Martinez, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I think that they should not let Adrian Martinez do anything to hurt them. Right. So I, I, I'm still kind of anti Adrian Martinez. I think that there's something up with him. I know I've, I've watched Nebraska the past two weeks. There's obviously something up there. Um, but I don't really trust his decision making uh, if I'm a Kansas State fan. So I'm saying let Deuce, let Deuce, you know, bring this home for you. Give him, give him the ball. Show Missouri that, you know, your offensive line is better than their defensive line. If I'm a Kansas State fan, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I want him to do is run the ball. Um, but, uh, it, but if you're Missouri, if you're Blake Baker, you're sticking Martez up in the box on every play. You're going seven yep. guys, maybe sometimes eight guys in the box. And, you know, people have to understand, you can't take away everything, right? right. I mean, you're not going to be perfect against the run and perfect against the pass. If you're playing this K-State team, you just say Deuce Vaughn's not beating us. Mm -hmm. Adrian Martinez is not beating us with his legs. If they beat us, it's going to have to be because Adrian Martinez threw the ball. And He's more capable of that, I think, than Missouri fans think he is. Now, he's not, you know, he, he he's not Bryce Young, but he is, he can beat you with his arms at times. And if he does, you know, it's kind of like the, the game plan that teams had when Brad Smith was at Missouri. Hey, if Brad Smith beat you throwing the ball, then you just tipped your cap and said, hey, nothing we can do. Uh, yep. You beat us doing the thing you're not supposed to beat us doing. Um, but I, I think, I mean, the biggest key in this game is, First down when K-State has the ball. If they're in second and five all day, Missouri's going to lose. If they're in second and nine and you get into some of those situations where you're making Martinez throw the ball, uh, then it, it's much more of a game for me. Yeah. No, I agree. And they didn't even – I think Martinez and maybe Vaughn didn't even play the fourth quarter. So right. I know it's easy for us to be like, 
oh, he only threw for 53 yards, but he also didn't play a full game. And I mean, 53 yards in three quarters also is not good. So it's <laughs> also not good stats. Yeah. But I mean, we also, I think kind of what you said, Tucker, I think that they're probably doing a little bit of what we're hoping that Drink did in our game. Yeah. Which is, I think you know, both teams did that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I think both teams were very, hey, here's the place we have to run to win and we're not going to, I mean, Missouri tried one of the less attractive double passes I've ever seen when literally as soon as they lined up, everybody was like, Oh, they're going to do a double pass here. And then they did. <laughs> well, it ended up only being, a and it was ugly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was ugly. I still, I think about this game probably more than I should. There's probably more than that should for my mental health. Right. And I just go back and forth of like how uh, the, I, I drop these scenarios in my head of like, how funny would it be if it's like, say it's 31 30, right? Good guys. It, Kansas state has the ball with like a minute and a half left. Adrian Martinez has to have a drive to win. And he like throws a pick or something. Like, I, I just think that like that narrative wise would be so good for Mizzou fans, not only Mizzou fans, I think, but like for anyone who, doesn't like k-state so like iowa state fans um probably oklahoma fans too they've been running their mouth a lot uh, to oklahoma so i think that I, there's just some Texas good narratives definitely don't like them they can never beat them there's some good narrative that's true that's a good point um there i just think that there's some good storylines if mizzou can come out on top here and you guys probably have a better sense for this because maggie you interact with more people on twitter and tucker you're in kc like K-State fans really seem to have this this thing for Eli and this. Like, I understand there's some hatred in this game, right? I mean, there's some history, and that's good. Um, You know, it it used to be, I feel like, kind of a thing where Missouri and K-State didn't necessarily hate each other because the enemy of your enemy is your friend, right? right? But since Missouri – now that this is the first time since Missouri left, I think there's the obvious storylines, but also, like, K-State fans, they don't like Missouri's coach very much. They do not. They do not like his the coach very much. A little bit of backstory here is for the Josh Manning recruitment is what it was. Um, Avery Johnson, their I think four star uh, recruit that they have quarterback, very good football player by the way. He's just, he's really good at what he does. Um, but he had tweeted out a picture with him and Josh Manning in Manhattan and said uh, all love or nothing. The love is real. The love is real is what he said. Um, which I thought was very funny what Coach Drinkwitz did, and we had this discussion. I mean, do we we'll think that was it. intentional? Do we think he was trolling there? Uh, how do did, you typically I, do? You typically think he's trolling? I typically do, but it didn't really occur to. Maybe he was, but I, I didn't connect the dots. I'll be honest, I, I did not either. connect the dots, and then I had to like go and dive into it and see. Um, for people who don't know, I didn't really finish. Eli Drink was tweeted out a video of him like celebrating the Josh Manning commitment, and his caption was "The love is real." Um, and people took that as a number one as a shot, which is kind of weird to just use the same caption and say, "Hey, that's a shot at an 18 year old kid." Right. And nice a very common. A it's a, also a very common phrase. Like it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it was not something crazy unique or anything like that. Yeah, so I added an emoji to it. He said the heart is real. Maybe he didn't say love. Maybe it was heart. Maybe the heart is real. Um, but I remember when that happened, I was at 
you know, Josh Manning's commitment there. And I had asked him about kind of like the, some of the Kansas state stuff. And he's like, yeah, you know, like I just visited Mizuna just like felt right. Coach Drinkwitz, you know, made me feel at home. Obviously he's his brother's there. So that was a huge draw. Coach but like Taylor. Josh Manning was going to commit to Kansas, state. but he was like, going to commit to he was. State. He set a commitment date and yes. he was committing to Kansas state and Eli Drinkwitz talked him into waiting until yes, until he visited Missouri. And then once he visited Missouri, which you love that as a Missouri fan, no, you love to I, see that. I don't think it was after the visit. I think he'd already taken those visits. He set a commitment date. He was going to announce on a Sunday. And then that morning he was like, I'm not going to announce yet. Like it wasn't, I think Missouri convinced him the night before, like, yo, just give us another shot here. Hang on a little bit. You know, I really but thought you, that but you yeah. see, you see that happen. Right. All that's over the recruit. country every day. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and it's happened against Missouri. Uh, so you can, and, and don't get Kansas me wrong, fans Missouri can fans, be mad, but I think fans of, I, I mean, we've got like pages and pages dedicated to being mad at Makai Wingo on our message board. So it's every fan base would, would do the same thing. Um, I just, I don't know. It, it, I, I didn't realize there was quite the level of, of, uh, vitriol there that there was. Yeah, they 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 like to pull out the how can uh how can a coach make fun of an eighteen year old kid? But I see plenty of tweets about uh, Kansas State fans making fun of seventeen year old Dylan Edwards for flipping his commitment to Notre Dame. Just saying. Well, just but, but here's the, here's the difference. He decommitted from their team. So right. That's a different thing. <laughs> you know, it it changes. But also, uh, some of these eighteen year old kids are like making more money than I am, so I yes, think true. they can take it. I think you know, they have to at if that I, point. If I want to make fun of Keishon Butte for quitting last night, well, that's fine. I can do that because he make a lot of money. And that's kind of how I feel a little bit about the Makai Wingo thing. And I'm I'm not tagging players and things. I'm not saying things. If you infer what I'm saying as it being about Makai Wingo, it could possibly be. But you know what? There's no doubt in my mind, and I'm saying it right here that he was convinced with something other than words to attend LSU days after he tweeted, I can't wait until next year and all this stuff about Mizzou. So, Which, by the way, is perfectly legal in football now. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, it like is this, the whole, the well, they paid him. Done. Yeah, but you can pay him. Like, yeah, that's okay. It's just the tampering part that I think most people, I don't think people are really mad that he left to go play for his high school coach. I think people are mad that he was, there was no intention of him leaving. And then all of a sudden he's leaving and within days, a day, I don't even know how many days it was, but it wasn't very many. He's like, Oh, I guess I'm going to go to LSU now. It's just kind of, if we if we start sidelining every program that tampers in college football, we ain't got no games. Right, like it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna happen. There's nothing you can do about it. But if you do it, you you kind of have to face the consequences a little bit, and you have to understand uh, these fans don't really feel like they owe you anything. You don't know them anything. They don't know you anything. So you've got to kind of accept expect to take a little bit of heat. And if you can't take Twitter heat, then you're in trouble anyways. So yeah. Yeah. you've got to learn any other. I learned that quick. Once getting into this business <laughs> that you got to be able to have some thick skin when it comes yep. to uh, Twitter, but back to Kansas state here. Um, 
who who is going to be the I, I wrote that non Luther Burden MVP, which Luther Burden's going to have to be the MVP if they're going to win this game. <laughs> Let's be honest here. <laughs> Luther Burden's going to have to go off. Uh, but uh, non Luther Burden MVP for like how Mizzou wins. I think Brady Cook's got to play well um, and not necessarily well as in 400 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, maybe that that wouldn't be is, bad though. I would I would be okay with that. He can do it, Brady. If you're listening, you can do that. I'll allow it. Um, maybe those 400 yards are yards after catch though. Um, if you I was watching the Michigan game and I, I can't remember who their first quarterback was, but he had like 61 yards. He was like two for three, 61 yards, but the 61 yards was a screenplay and it went for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it, something like that maybe um, would be would be nice. But uh, non Luther Burden MVP Maggie, who do you think steps up for uh, the Missouri Tigers? I still got the most athletic player on our team. I got Hopper. I mean, I think he's going to have to, you know, play all over the field again. And if, if he's able to, I don't see why we can't win that game. This is MVP. If Missouri is going to win, right? Yes. Okay. He will never get it. Nobody will give it to him. If Missouri wins this game, it's because the MVP is Zeke Powell, the right tackle. That's fair. Uh, and and maybe Javon Foster along with him. You know, I I don't know. I haven't looked at I don't know if if K-State moves Felix around or if they always line him up on the same side. And I don't know who he'll be going against, but Missouri's offensive tackles against Kansas State's defensive ends is to me the most important matchup of the game. Yeah, I I think so too. And it and it, it, we're talking about two like Deuce versus a defensive line that, you know, looks pretty good against Louisiana Tech. How are they going to do against uh, Kansas State, a Big 12 team? To be fair, Kansas State's uh, offensive line did not look very good against South Dakota. Um, So that's something to keep an eye on as well. I'll be curious to see kind of how that translates. I think they're dealing with some injuries along that front too, but I still think everyone will play from what I've heard. Going to be a very interesting game in Manhattan, Kansas. I'm excited to be there. This is going to be my first away college football game as a fan. Um, You'll you'll love it. I'm a little nervous. I'll be it's honest. It's an interesting that. place. I mean, it's not big. I think it's 49,000, 50,000, but yeah. it gets pretty loud in there. Um, you know, it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and mm-hmm. it's it's a good environment. I like it. I'd be sitting I think in be the uh, excited for this one. Absolutely. And I think there are going to be a lot of Mizzou fans there uh, because it was it's tough to get a ticket to that game uh, as of now. I think it's been sold out for months, it's standing room only. Um, I'll be sitting in the, I think it's the visitor section. It's like section 18 or something like that. Um, the visitor section, I made sure, uh, you know, we, I got the, we got the K-State guys on, on this side of the KC sports network. They're like, Hey, we can get you tickets. And I said, to be fair, I don't want to sit where your tickets are. Um, I don't, I don't want to be sitting where those are. So I'm going to sit with a bunch of Mizzou fans. I'm incredibly excited for that. So before we get out of here, I need a score prediction. Who wants to go first? Um, <laughs> I'm going I, I think preseason I picked 27 17 I might come off that a little bit but I, I still I, like 27 19 right around I, I think the line's fair I'm going Kansas State um I just think it's not that I don't think Missouri can win this game it's that they have to show me that they're ready to go on the road against what is not a national title contender, but like a solid representative bowl team. Kansas State's going to win seven, eight, maybe even nine games if they win this one. Um, So, you know, I think this is like a borderline top 25 team on the road. And until they do that, 
uh, it's it's kind of hard to predict. Yeah, I um, my thing is if K State's going to beat us, it's probably going to be because we can't stop Deuce Vaughn. So I feel like they would score more because we're not able to stop them. And obviously with running a lot, the clock's moving, you know, a lot more. I really want to pick us winning, but, (laughs) but I just don't think I can. I think I'm going to go more of 34-27 somewhere in there with K-State. But you know what? I was wrong last week. Uh, I mean, I picked Mm -hmm. us to win, but I was wrong. So Let's hope I'm wrong. Yeah. That's a good that's a good score prediction. I think 34 7 27 is a good one. I I do think Mizzou covers. I think that they but the, as you mentioned, Gabe, people at DraftKings, those folks go to their jobs. Um they, I mean, they don't build, build the big buildings in Vegas because they're wrong all the time, oh, right? This is a good line. And yeah, I like it a whole lot. Um, but not like it enough to bet on it. Um so I think that Mizzou covers. I only think they're going to lose by seven. I think it might be a little bit, maybe higher scoring of a game. I did say I like the under a little bit better, but I've talked myself into a little higher scoring game. So I've got to do a little bit of math here. Uh, let's go. Let's go forty-two to yeah, yeah, forty-two to thirty-five. If Kansas State puts up 42 points, we're going to have an interesting discussion on this podcast next week. I'm just, I'm scared. Gabe, I'm scared about about Deuce. And I'm scared about once they go all in on stopping Deuce that Adrian Martinez is actually going to be a good quarterback. And then I'm going to be screwed. I'm going to be in Manhattan. I'm just going to be at a loss for words because first we, we end up eventually stopping the run. And then Adrian Martinez actually does something cool. That, that would. That would be my oh, worst. Oh, nightmare. you mean like you mean kind of like what happened at Army last year? <laughs> right, right. I'm just predicting the Army <laughs> game all over again. Is what's happening? Well, let's uh, well <sighs> did people ask us questions this week? Or are we supposed to? Do I that? I do have some. I actually got a lot, and it got like really crazy on there because then people were commenting and answering the questions for themselves, and I was like, I don't know. Cool. So they answered um, their own. Then we're good. <laughs> right. So I tried to skip some. Obviously, we. Um, I was going to ask the question. I'll just ask it, and then you can kind of elaborate on it. So, at M-I-Z uh, underscore C-Fin, do you think coaches hold back on their playbook against opponent, opponents like L.A. Tech in hopes of not giving information to future opponents yeah. on the schedule? 100%. I think they do, and they do against South Dakota. I think both these coaches did. I don't mm-hmm. think either coach would. I, and I've, I think it happens in week one, but I always laugh like after week four, people are like, all right, now we're going to see the real playbook in October. I'm like, no, they played K-State and Auburn. We saw the real playbook there. I mean, yeah, I don't think you're holding that. anything back this week. Yeah. They're not doing that in college football. They do that They do that in the NFL, I think. I'm convinced that they do, but, like, they're not doing that in college football. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, hopefully not. Um, at Matt Rose STL asked, while the defense looked much improved, should we put any stock into giving up 24 points to Louisiana Tech? You give up 24 points every game, you should win more than you lose. 24 is not bad, especially when seven of them, seven of them don't count. Those didn't happen. I was done paying attention. I was already writing by then. Uh, So they gave up 17. I would probably echo the same sentiment of like 24 points isn't, especially with how offenses evolve. And it's so much harder to stop offenses now in football than it is to 
than it used to be, then I think 24 points. If you allow 24 points, you're fine. So I mean, North Carolina gave up 61. <laughs> they did. That game, that holy game awesome. cow. There were yeah, some was... crazy games. Loved it. Over the entire, all day, all I did was watch football Saturday. It was exactly what I told you guys I was going to do. I was like, we don't have a game. I'm going to sit and I'm just going to watch it and I'm going to enjoy it. And I loved every second of it. And like the NC State, I wish they would have lost, but it was great. Oh, me too. <laughs> so yeah. It was just, um, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Imagine having App State plus one and a half at that point. That'd be um, tough. Yeah, that's a bad beat. Oh man, was that okay. the line? Yeah, I was. Here's the last. Que- here's the last question, and it's you know just an opinion question. At DK one nine seven nine, give us your SEC power rankings. And all I did, I, I put my answer down, but all I really said was Georgia, Bama, everyone else, Vandy last. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I did this this morning. I think I had Missouri like tenth. Um, you know, I had AM still third because I still think they're going to be good, even though they weren't super impressive this week. Um, I had LSU like 11th because they lost. I think they're probably better than that. But, uh, but you know, lost. I don't think we learned much about anybody in the SEC this week except Georgia. Like, oh, they're goodness. they're still good. Um, I don't know if anybody didn't expect that, but they are still good. I'm just... on one of the things, and people were. You know, I, I watched the Arkansas game, obviously, because I have an, an invested interest in it. And I still don't feel like I even know very much about Arkansas because Cincinnati is not Cincinnati that we've watched the past two years. So I can't even sit here. And I know a lot of people were really high on it, even after the game. And I'm just like, I don't see what you're seeing. I see KJ Jefferson. I like him. But here's what college football is. You got about five teams. Well, no, you got three teams, I think, that are just better than everybody else. Then you've got like 50 who, on the right day, Missouri can beat Tennessee and Kentucky. And and on the wrong day, they can lose to them. I mean, it's just, you know, and, and it's just how they played last week really has nothing to do with how they may play next week. I, I don't have any idea what to literally the only thing that would surprise me on Saturday is if Missouri comes out and just boat races Kansas state. I don't think that's going to happen, but I could see a really tight game either way. And to be honest, I could also see it being a little too much too early for Missouri and Kansas state winning fairly easily. Yeah. Yeah. It's not outside of the realm of possibility. I mean, they're pumped. Those fans that I'm assuming the team, the only thing is, is are they a little bit too much? Because I've not seen a single Kansas State fan that is worried. And, I mean, it could be a little much. There, there's a lot of Missouri fans saying the same thing, though. A lot of Missouri fans are like, eight and a half, that's a stupid line, and we're going to win by a ton. I mean, that's just what fans do online, right? That's about so. where I figured it was going to be. I yeah. figured it'd be around nine. I thought it was going to be higher. It'll be honest with you. Um, but you know me, the eternal pessimist. While well, I watch the games, but after the games, I'm like Luther Burden is Barry Sanders. <laughs> well, I, I I will wave as I drive by you pulled off I-70 at Waxahachie to place your bets <laughs> that morning, Tucker. It's true. Yeah, that's a real I will place. Be, by the way. Can I we can we that. can we um, ask? So we we asked this a few weeks ago. What did everybody say their Luther their Luther Burden touchdown amount was for the year? Because I said twelve. So I'm ten away. But well, I you said twelve, but I said I said he's gonna have twelve hundred yards. Is what I said. Mm. I didn't give a touchdown. 
Oh, okay. You said yards. And I think and I think Gabe combined them into twelve hundred yards and twelve touchdowns. <laughs> okay. is what I think our, I what said, our prediction I, was. I think I said he's gonna win the Heisman. Oh, okay. But, Perfect. But actually that's going to Iowa's punter, so he's only second. <laughs> Their best offensive weapon right there is Iowa's punter. <laughs> well, it's not going to LSU's <laughs> kicker, so. Fair. Fair. Or Eastern Carolinas. College kickers were in oh, full force no. this weekend. And you, absolutely- you know you know what the problem with all those kickers are? They're too skinny, man. That's good. Gotta they got to get on the Mevis plan. They'll yeah. be better. I've never felt – I was saying this like all day Saturday and yesterday. I've never felt more un- – I don't want to say undeserving, but just like – Having Mevis just makes you feel all nice and fluffy inside right now. <laughs> like we feel very lucky, <laughs> very lucky yeah. to have uh, the thicker kicker in the black. Kansas State doesn't have that either. Like Kansas State, they've got some kicking questions. They missed two field goals, so maybe yeah. maybe it comes down to the special teams. Hey, they'll they'll sign another Grammatica this week somewhere. He'll just show up. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Well. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the very end of this podcast. Uh, if you're going to be in Manhattan, let me know, uh, at Tucker D Franklin on Twitter, send me a message, tweet at me. Um, I will be out there at the game. I'm going to try to navigate my way through, uh, feeling all of the emotions of this week two college football game, already putting all of my, uh, you know, mental well being into this game. Um, we're, we're in the season, baby. I love love to see it. So uh, for Gabe Yarman and Maggie Johnson, I'm Tucker Franklin. Thank you for listening to Mizzou. That's who on the Kansas City Sports. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.